Well, good uh, evening or uh, morning, everyone. Uh, that's probably about one of the time I'll upload this, but I'm doing it about 11.30 at night. I'm going to go on a little walk here, so... Uh, and walk and talk. I almost feel like... <laughs> This harkens back to a day that many, probably who listens to me, uh, remembers. Um, if you're of a certain age, I feel like we're kind of analogous to the nightly broadcast on Nightline. Uh, day, I don't know, what would it be here now? Day 1000 of the Iranian hostage crisis, but in our case it would be day, what, a thousand of being held by a hostage to a woke regime so something like that it's a little less than that or more I don't know what the days are of course but uh because I haven't been counting them but certainly seems like uh we just uh continue to yeah fight that feeling inside <clears throat> so there's always a lot of news to talk about I mean it depends upon how you look at it where you're looking at um, and of course whether you look at it from a Washington DC legislative news or reports or investigations or cultural things that are going on like there was a report uh turns out like the Gen Z so anyone who's been born after well every time I see these uh, bracketing of you know what generation is which uh, but let's just say I, I think it should be closer to 2000 or maybe 1997 for the start of Gen Z versus Millennials but I'm not the one who figures all of this out it shifts depending upon who's looking at it within a few years. So, anyways, we'll just say people under about the age of 25, uh, probably going back, you know, you could probably kick it down to, well, now, I mean, obviously zero, but we'll say age 10, so up to, say, 2000 and, you know, 2012 or something like that. <clears throat> so... It turns out that about uh, well over a double-digit percentage, I think the number was 17, as a matter of fact, who define themselves as LGBTQ. Now, I don't have any particular biases against someone who wants to define themselves as a lesbian or gay. I probably wouldn't even say too much about it being even bisexual. But the trans, the trans organization has become worse and worse. And is, they're being specifically generated by messaging. Shall we say uh, a subtle targeting of uh, younger kids or minors uh, too. And, and it's become a tragedy. I was listening to a podcast or a brief part of a, a podcast with... Uh, uh, Jocko Willink, the, the SEAL, he was talking with uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, so, 
<clears throat> and we're talking about this uh, one uh, gal, uh, Chloe, who uh, I guess she is suing. But uh, this has been going on, though, and it's been pushed from the top, of course. There's uh, the Pritzkers are behind this. There's some other uh, big name billionaires who have contorted and manipulated and funded hospitals and organizations who have been pushing for this uh, desire to uh, create transgender, you know, affirmative care, as they call it. And the fact that we have doctors and psychologists who are routinely pushing this is a is a travesty. All these people should lose their licenses, and all they should all of them should be prosecuted. Uh, basically, under I think Munchausen's by proxy, because I think that I mean it seems kind of I know the diagnosis is a little skewed, but. And it may not be, but they certainly are working out some kind of psychological issues of their own onto their patients. So whether it be identity or uh, tied to uh, social, um, I don't know, I guess you could say social uh, justice stuff or even worse, just they have a disdain for anybody who could actually be normal. And we know there's there's a lot of evidence out there that there are a few people, there are people in these professions that are heinously evil and would have no problem. Uh, they infiltrate and then they do great disservices to uh, patients, either through their through psychological, um, uh, obviously torture, manipulation. Uh, I know I read this story in, uh, this was Martha Stout's uh, book from the mid-2000s, The Sociopath Next Door. And one of her vignettes or uh, situations was a, uh, a gal who technically wasn't even a, I guess wasn't even a uh, licensed practitioner, but she had faked documentation and became a head of a department and she had the power and control over releases releases of patients and there the story was told from the point of view of someone who caught this person in their in their uh work and operation somebody who had uh she would uh she had taken a patient that was improving or a real you know a real person with real issues who had been working through those issues and then destructed that person, set them back, maybe all the way back to the very beginning of their problems. Uh, and, and due to that fact, you know, and got away with it because of her power. It was a woman at the time, a woman in the situation. And this uh, other physician or psych psychotherapist... And I don't have much use for anybody in that particular field, but uh, this one was trying to um, actually felt kind of disturbed by this, try to confront this this person, and then she obviously played the played the victim, uh, 
went to somebody else in the administration, said she had been threatened by this uh, person. Just really, you know, and of course, you know, the, from the storytelling, just lets you know that there are people that are very, very dangerous that once they wield power, once they get into a position of power and authority, and they're very good at, at uh, blame shifting and playing victim when they need to, uh, setting other people up, they seem to always have an answer for everything except the ones that they need to answer. And they usually are, are conniving, manipulative, manipulative enough, and are also uh, very willing to do just about anything to escape obviously judgment or uh, being caught including you know they'll set up documentation they'll fake things so they'll, they'll plant things they'll they'll uh they'll they'll go out of their way i mean and if they have uh they also usually are willing to employ employ uh sidekicks i call them they're just uh, lesser lesser versions of themselves uh people that become a part of their little clique or group and once they get them inside their little little collective especially if they're wield enough power and the money and other things that are provided to them they're willing to go out of their way and that's how you that's how this stuff starts um we found that there are a lot of people obviously through the last few years that have a very eh, actually a very uh <laughs> uh very low uh um, morality or no morality at all. Uh, matter of fact, I guess I could toggle back to something like Fauci. I guess there was a uh, you know people <clears throat> are reviewing that, especially with his uh, grants that he sent to uh, the Scripps. Was it Scripps Anderson? Um, it was tied to uh, or Scripps Research tied to Christian Anderson, who was a one of the was the one who sent him an email about the engineering. And then it turns out that his, uh, what do you call it, um, oh, the <clears throat> grants were increased to support his research substantially. Right after he went from saying it was engineer to saying it was a conspiracy or, uh, the, you know, in other words, this guy in a matter of a few days changed his entire script on, literally his script, on what was going on which goes to show you that some people are just so easily manipulated by uh the and, and, and granted don't have direct evidence but certainly when the when the grants change and they the money uh impro improves and suddenly uh, there's you know millions of dollars at stake it's amazing how quickly people will throw away their their uh, integrity and their entire life's work or you would think but they're not at least they don't think they will uh because they don't believe they'll ever get caught and even if uh the average normie knows they'll say well you just can't comprehend this was already in the works and they'll make up any excuse or any rationale a rationale to to escape uh judgment and of course is being promoted by a guy like fauci who who himself is <laughs> obviously who he is uh and he's been getting away with it for uh well as long as i've been alive i think he started working at the nia nia id and 
1968 or 69 so that's longer than i've been alive so who knows how long he's been once he got a little thirst or taste of power it's been uh it's been an escalator or elevator ride to the top and uh yeah he's made his uh yeah, he's made his mark. I, I, granted, he's no longer uh, running the department, but he let his he you know pr- basically got his right hand man p- pushed up into the uh, spot. I forget what his name is off the top. Robert uh, K- uh, K- uh, Kalik or Cadlick. I can't remember his last name. It starts with a K. It's K A D L E C. I think you can look up his name, and I think that's who's running it now. Uh, there's other, they're all, <laughs> these are all a, a very tight group of people who have been communicating, communicating together for many, many years. So it's not a, it's just not one dude. Uh, Fauci, hand, I, like anything else, once you're at that power level, I mean, you handpick all the people around you and you know their uh, weaknesses and you know who they are. I, I, I grant you that Fauci probably has enough, uh, um, well, being a, a, is what I consider as as controlling, manipulative, and evil as he probably really is. That never got revealed to anybody. And money will make all people. He he knew uh, he knows how to control people through money. Scientists have become well. They're not scientists. They're just they might as well just be working in a corporation where they say, well, if I can't. Uh, I want to get what I want, and the only way I can do it is by, you know, making sure my project gets funded where everything else doesn't. And I don't care if my science is garbage or my project is garbage. As long as I win the competition, it doesn't matter. Um, in, in other words, it's just pure. The, and they'll say, well, that's the result of good competition. It's like, no, it isn't. You, There are people, and this is, this is part of the problem with this whole... Um, this woke wokeism that's going on. So, I don't know how people live with themselves when they they say, "Oh, I deserve to win a competition because of my, you know, gender identity or uh, color of my skin or whatever." You know, make up for uh, make up for the the times when some of my uh, uh, predecessors or forefathers uh, didn't receive the accolades that they were supposed to. Yeah. But in the present tense, if your project sucks and the person who loses and you know, and this is the thing, if you ask them and if they were truthfully, if, well, if you put them under a lie detector, if they know that they are actually beaten, if someone is uh, competing against them in a competition of some sort of business plan or whatever the case may be, whatever it is to win a grant, and they know the other person has a better plan or persons have better plans and the only difference is obviously the the outward appearances of these people uh and they lose because of that because uh some some very biased and judgmental person decides to select uh, a, a lesser group or a lesser project solely because they don't want to be called racist or sexist or or transphobic or whatever the case may be uh, in the situation, that doesn't improve anything. All that does is make things worse. It's a uh, matter of fact. I guess today, I guess uh, there was some pushback on the Biden's uh, concept with the ES and G, but he put in his first veto veto uh, 
ever against something that had been pushed through. Now, I don't know if that's actually true. I didn't, and when I say I don't know if it's actually true, I just didn't follow up on the, the article because there's only so much you can read every day, and, and uh, there's so much, so much, my misery index, a misery of reading index is getting uh, reached pretty quickly here, um, at least in terms of actually paying attention to it. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Uh, in terms of, you know, trying to avoid some of that stuff. Uh, kind of interesting, uh, just trying to, uh, yeah, nothing like having somebody stop and act like I'm supposed to uh, respond to them. <laughs> they were bumping their music pretty loudly. I don't know if it was a cop, it was a white car, a white SUV. Couldn't tell if, uh, I don't know what they... They think uh, I'm supposed to respond to them or something. <laughs> like I'm, I'm out here for their their benefit. Okay, so sorry, sidetracked there. So anyway, yeah, my uh, my uh, I guess you could say my uh, level of uh, yeah. Some days you just don't want to read all the extra articles and say, okay, what's this all about again? There's just so much information, you know about the ongoing uh, saga that we're in, uh, the slow erosion of rights and freedoms and uh, the the amount of uh, wokeism. <laughs> I, and that's just, that's just domestically. The international scenarios are even worse, but uh, we've talked about that before. So, you know, just getting back to the whole idea of, you know, if you want to degrade or um, make something worse, continue to pick uh, the suboptimal solution or suboptimal uh, projects or base it on, you know, the, the makeup of the team and say, well, we have to pick, we have to, we have to select based upon a diverse diversity of the people that are involved well how do you select diversity you know the, the funny thing is is I, I can I can remember this in my own life earlier on in, in school and whatnot so yeah I, I remember being in a, a part of a project where if you looked at from outside you may have said okay if you looked at it through the lens of today you would have said oh there's just four four males white or uh, you know, relatively Caucasian. And I say relatively because the one guy was, you know, uh, Hispanic. Another guy was from Korea. I was from here. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, la and the last fellow was, you know, from South America. And we, I mean, yeah, it just so happened that we were all relatively light-skinned. But, you know, if... And, yeah, you could have noticed by features that we were a little bit, you know. But if you were just basing it upon high level, we were all from different parts of the world. We all spoke, we all had a, uh, what would you say, kind of communication issues amongst ourselves. Not bad. You know what I mean is it was mainly understand. I mean, the, the guy from Korea had a uh, kind of a thicker accent that I, you know, from an English standpoint, that made it hard to understand some words that, you know, he would say. I'd have to be, I'll listen in either closer or I'd have to say, hey, could you repeat that? Because <laughs> I wouldn't really understand what the hell he said. And and it was usually something important because he was we were dealing with an engineering project. 
And the point is, is, you know, between coding and, and that was another thing too. We were talking about, you know, uh, it was a coding project. So you have people from all, all around the world trying to work on something, haven't worked together before, you know, it really didn't matter that, <laughs> you know, like I said, it wasn't even, a, a, you know, thankfully we didn't have, <laughs> our project didn't, you know, wasn't the, the end all be all of things, but nevertheless, you know, uh, and, and we all had different uh, viewpoints on what we were doing in terms of why we were doing it and, and so on and so forth. I mean, it's always convenient to uh, think that people like the uh, people in such groups are going to, uh, you know, see things completely different. We all had our, I mean, I know the one guy who was a more of a band type of guy. He played for the Purdue Marching Band. I have any idea about that, but it, it, I know it disrupted our, our meeting times. We had to schedule around his you know practice and stuff like that or what his involvement was with that and that's acceptable so the thing is is we all have different activities different philosophies makeups i'm sure we were even i bet, I bet at that time i was probably further left than uh, a few others in that group and i didn't really think of myself as left or right i mean uh, probably for most of my life, I would say I was probably a, uh, up to a, up till probably the last decade, uh, basically what it would have been called an old conservative Democrat, if you can believe that, uh, they don't even exist anymore. They're like, they were, <laughs> and by conservative Democrat, that just, just means generally speaking that, uh, on economic situations, relatively speaking, I, I was... I still believe that there was a yeah, a need for somewhat of restraint on spending. Mainly, I was probably been more tied to military spending, even though I've been in the military. <laughs> Nevertheless, I always thought we spent way too much, and I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> At least, uh, this is wastefulness, and that, that's that that breeds the stuff, this uh, corruption and things that we deal with. It breeds money. Money, you know, has a has a great power over people. Uh, you know, when that's all they're looking for. I mean, there's been times in my life when, well, I, I I've lived through them very recently, where I haven't had hardly any money in my pocket and uh, very little chance of uh, wow uh, wowing anybody. I certainly feel bad for a certain aspects of that because there's lots of things I'd like to do uh, for others and I feel like uh, I couldn't even make the make the approach <laughs> because you know when I say up for others I mean like go out for a dinner or something like that but I don't you know I'm just not where I need to be financially to even consider that and uh, yeah I made uh, I made a choice a couple years ago uh, with this whole situation that I wasn't worried about that anymore. And by saying I wasn't worried about that anymore, I said to myself, it, I, I, I didn't see where if I buried my head in the sand after being awakened to so much stuff that was going wrong and going on, 
if I went back and said, oh, I should just, you know, go find myself a 40-hour job somewhere and, and I'll throw myself into my work at some warehouse or factory doing what I had been doing. And, um, I mean, as a mediocre engineer, um, I just couldn't see myself doing that. Um, it doesn't... I mean... <laughs> How am I supposed to, how do you reconcile that within yourself to, to say to yourself, oh, well, I should just go, just worry about myself and just let, let the whole world go. And not only that, I have to deal with all the, uh, <laughs> the politics that have probably infused into certain places that I haven't even been aware of the last few years. To put it, in, and I'll cap it with this, so back in 2019, early part of 2019, I was working a contract, and um, we had a, uh, like a module that was uh, inserted in, I mean, when I say module, it was a kind of a corporate uh, learning circuit, you know, they wanted people to be aware of the new corporate uh, HR policies and things that were going on and you know how to be ethical and this that and the other thing but it wasn't that it wasn't about just ethics it wasn't something simple like that it actually turned into all that social justice crap i mean i remember the questions vividly i i snapshotted these things i put them up on linkedin at the time i wrote a little uh, article it was real and of course <laughs> my linkedin account is gone but uh <laughs> at the time i thought i was trying to address the situations as they were coming uh, coming about and uh it was just interesting uh i was uh <sighs> these questions were so so yeah they were very strange and when i stumbled across them you know the way they were being structured and asked and it was like you know you run across this girl and she has purple hair or some kind and uh she tells you she's you know bisexual or something. it was really weird it was just the kind of questions you <laughs> or or you know and then they were talking about these overseas dealings and they were talking about uh and i remember there was a question about uh this guy who like does this creative project and and he's from the uh they called it the bipoc community i was like it was the first time I'd ever... It's like, this thing was written by a total Marxist or, uh, you know, social justice warrior. And this was in view... And, and the reason why... And, and here's the here's the catch. So the company that had just bought this uh, place out that I was working at, this uh, it was a battery place, uh, was based in California called Trojan. And... Uh, so they came in and they had bought this place and this was part of their roll in. This is part of their new new situation. And so when I saw this, I was like it made me wonder why in the world we were we were doing this. I was like, okay. I didn't expect to uh see this uh as far as you know <laughs> a roll in, so to speak. I don't know if you want to call it a roll in, but um uh, uh, a part of the mergering that had just taken place. And so it was interesting to, you know, as a contractor, it was like, we spent like six hours wasting our time on something like this. And you ask yourself, 
you know, how do you get things done productively? I know they were about, you know, it was about understanding sensitivities and stuff like that, but I, I just wanted to do my job and go home uh, while I was there. And so, you know, I finished up the contract in June of, of uh, June, late June of 2019, and I couldn't wait to leave. <laughs> I really couldn't. <laughs> it was one of those things where you, you go back and you say to yourself, why, uh, you know, why are we, <laughs> why are we even doing this kind of stuff? Uh, you know, and speak of the, the cops, I just saw two cops leave my uh, apartment complex. <laughs> they rolled in halfway into the parking lot. This is like the third or fourth time this, uh, this little shindig. And I just saw, yeah, here's a third cop coming out of the same place. I don't know what the hell they're looking for. Uh, looks like fun. <laughs> uh, and I live in it. I mean, my apartment complex is not, doesn't have these issues, but whatever. Who the hell knows? I don't know anymore what the... The local police, who knows what they're told or what their training is anymore, certainly isn't based upon, I, I can gather it's not based upon any understanding of, of uh, tactical threats that are going on in this, this county or whatever, when I say ta things that could, uh, so I live right next to a rail, a rail line that runs, you know, kind of, it's not... You know, that very far away. It's actually uh, runs over an over overpass here right next to where I live. Uh, it's not really, I mean, they, they it runs probably about three or four times a week that I pay attention to it or notice it may run every day. I don't know. Anyway, uh, given everything that's been going on recently, I'm curious if these cops are paying any attention to that kind of stuff. One would hope so, given everything that's been going on. Well, I've rambled on for a half an hour here, and it's probably a good place to stop as any. So, God bless the United States of America, and God save the world.